0: conferences can be an important part of creating a brand new you. Our guest today will help you get the most out of your next conference. Tommy Stoner, are you ready? Let's go! Hey everybody, Ryan Roten here, and this is the Brand New You Podcast, where we explore how to use personal branding and social media to impact your career. No need to look any further, you found the podcast dedicated to helping you create a brand new you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the brand new you show. I'm Ryan, your host, and today we welcome to the show Madeline Scalar, the fearless leader at Go Girls Music. Go Girls Music is the oldest and largest online community of indie women musicians. Madeline founded Go Girls in 1996 with the vision of bringing together independent women musicians from around the world. Because she's an early adopter of new technologies, Madeline has been able to weave together her vast experiences with technology and music to become a highly sought after business coach and social media strategist. She was named one of the 10 most powerful women in music by Curve Magazine, and she is ranked as the number three social media power influencer in Houston. Madeline runs the largest musician's Twitter chat every Thursday at 3 and 9 p.m., which means that for those of you who are listening to this podcast on the Thursday morning that it releases, you'll be able to tune in later today and participate at hashtag GG Madeline, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me.
0: You are very welcome. And before we get started, I do need to pass along just a special word of thanks to Jen Eads from the Brassy Broadcast podcast. It was through her podcast that I found you. So thank you, Jen, for having Madeline on as a guest.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jen. I love how we all get connected through the Internet. I mean, that's why I started – everything that I did 19 years ago.
0: Yeah, the world is definitely a much smaller place now with the internet and and all the different technologies and the way social media is being integrated into just everything now, and it's really pretty awesome.
1: It sure is. I just love how we can use it to connect with people all over the world. It fascinates me, and it was the reason why I started my music community back in 1996, because in 1995, I first got hooked Onto the internet, just learning about it, surfing around. And I saw the power of it and the potential to use it to bring people together.
0: And there you are, early adopter of technology. I'm not sure what I was doing in 1995, but I'm pretty sure I wasn't. Paying attention to the internet too much.
1: (laughs) I don't know anybody other than myself and my then husband that he was the techie geek that got me going on. And we were the only people that I knew of at the time that were on this new thing called the internet.
0: Yeah, I'll date myself a little bit here. But when I went to college, we did not have email. And if you needed a computer, like so there were some classes that the teachers would say you need to print something and you had to use the computer. You had to actually rent space in a computer lab where all the computers were housed on campus and you had to take whatever space was available at the time it was available, which means if you could only get a 3 a.m. slot, guess what time you were going to the computer lab? (laughs) right and
1: it's amazing how times have changed
0: that is true that is very true so let's go ahead and get started i have a single question that i always start every podcast off with every guest and that is if you could vacation in only one place for the rest of your vacation days where would you go
1: Now, that's an easy one for me. I've been to the most beautiful beach in the entire world. I've been to several beautiful beaches worldwide, but my most favorite would be Rhodes, Greece.
0: Rhodes, Greece. Now, okay, so I'm trying to visualize Greece in my mind. North, south, where is Rhodes, Greece?
1: Rhodes is, if memory serves correct, I believe that is more on the northern side. It was several years back, but I tell you what, it was the most beautiful place I had been
0: to. I've never been there, but people who I've talked to have said the exact same thing. So when you go to this beach in Rhodes, Greece, will you be taking a book with you? And if so, which book would you take?
1: You know, I knew you were going to ask me that question. And so there (laughs) are actually two books that I have sitting out On my dresser that I've been wanting to reread because they're really good books. And one is called Anything You Want by a friend of mine, Derek Seavers. He was in the music business for many, many years. He started this amazing company called CD Baby. And at the time, he was an early adopter like myself. And we spoke on panels at music conferences many, many years ago, back in the early days of the internet. But what he did is he filled a need. He was a musician and he knew how to sell music online when nobody else knew how to. Mm -hmm. So friends kept asking for help and he just turned it into a business. It's a really amazing story, but he wrote this really cool book called Anything You Want, 40 Lessons for a New Kind of Entrepreneur. And even though he did this, his story is in the music business, He wrote this book that applies to any entrepreneur. It's a really good book. It's real thin. So it's one of those books you can sit down and read it from cover to cover in an hour, hour and a half tops. So I've been wanting to reread it. I try to read it about once every year or so because it's so inspiring. And then there's another book. This is a classic I've been meaning to read again. It's called Who Moved My Cheese by Mm -hmm. Spencer Johnson. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, I'm
0: familiar with that one.
1: This is such an amazing book and I just am at this place where I feel like I need to read it again.
0: Okay. Good. Great
1: inspiration, you know.
0: I, yeah, it is a good book, and I definitely will check out the anything you want. My challenge with that question is, is that I am getting this, I'm compiling this huge list of books <laughs> that eventually I am going to have to dive into and start reading. But I really like to know and understand, you know, people who operate kind of in do air quotes our space, podcasting and internet and that type of thing. I like to know and understand what kind of books they're reading because it, it always fascinates me and. What one person reads and how they take it could be completely different than how I might read it, but we're both going to take something away from it, which I think is awesome.
1: Absolutely. I feel the same way. I find, though, that harder and harder for me to make time to read, like sit down and read a book. So I try to do audiobooks. I find that audiobooks work really well for me because every morning I walk my dog. So I mm-hmm. like to listen to a podcast and I love listening to yours. Ryan, you have a really, really good podcast. Thank you. So I'll listen to a podcast or I'll listen to one of the books. I like to use Audible or iTunes, iBooks, and also when I'm in the car. And so I find that to be a great way to consume books is just when I'm out doing something.
0: Yeah, I have an hour-long commute to work each way. And so I have tried over the last several years to turn my hour-long commute, which could be drudgery, into an hour of learning Every morning and an hour of learning every afternoon. So if I do it right and I listen to enough podcasts or audiobooks, I can get 10 hours of learning in every week. And that adds up quite a bit. So if anybody's listening and they're not doing that on their drive to work, they need to start because it's a great way to pick up knowledge fast.
1: I so agree with you. I'm a big music person, obviously. And normally when I'm in the car, I am just rocking out to music. But I stopped doing that several years ago when I got turned on the podcast because even though I'm an educator, I teach people how to use social media. I teach also musicians how to do the business side of things in music. I'm always learning and I love learning. And I love to listen to podcasts and educate myself and hear what other people have to say about a variety of subjects, especially online marketing, because I love that. I love social media and, and anything to do with online marketing
0: move away now to a section that I refer to as pick one and tell me why. I'm going to basically give you two choices. You tell me which one you prefer and the reason behind it. And I'm pretty sure that everybody listening to this is going to know the answer to this first question. But if you could choose between the financial planning business or the music business, which would you
1: choose? Music business, but I was in the financial planning business prior to the music business. Did you know that? Did you like uncover that? I did, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's interesting how that was my former life. But yeah, music business, hands down.
0: All right. So I also happen to know through my research that you do not like to sit into a quiet room when you're working. So do you prefer to use Focus at Will or Pandora?
1: Oh, Pandora. I love Pandora. I do use Focus at Will. Are you familiar with Focus at Will? Have you tried that? Yeah, I use it. I love it. I discovered it last year and absolutely love it. Now, when I'm working though, I really like to have music. Like music moves me, right? So I like to have music. I like to have it loud. But sometimes I need something that where I just need, I guess when I'm just overloaded and then I find that focus at will helps me kind of come back down a little bit and like need to recharge while I'm working. Like this is all in work mode, but I find that sometimes focus at will. But I will say Pandora is like 90% of the time is on.
0: Right. That was actually a big part of your GG chat yesterday as well. It was the differences between Pandora and SoundCloud and all that I noticed. So
1: right. We talked about streaming music and free versus paid and it was a very interesting conversation. And you know musicians are all about getting paid, and we understand that. But as a consumer, I really like these services, and the difference between the consumer side of it versus being an advocate and trying to help musicians get paid, and I'm all for that.
0: Yeah, it was a very interesting chat, and I was lurking, but I didn't really feel like I had a whole lot of value to tweet in, but I was paying attention just to see, you know, what everybody else's opinions were on it, so...
1: Hey, we love the lurkers. I wish I knew who all was lurking. I think it would be pretty amazing, and I think it would be awesome if somebody could develop a tool that lets us know just in a nice way, like, hey, you know, yeah, there really were a 1,000 people, you know, paying you know tuning in paying attention to the chat
0: yeah there you go if there's anybody in software development who's listening to this there you go you just got a business idea figure out how to do that i know madeline wouldn't be the only person who would use it that's right (laughs) all right so speaking of technology which would you prefer and i think again this is probably an obvious one but do you prefer meerkat or periscope
1: Right now is Meerkat. I really, really like Meerkat. I like it because it was the first one out. I'm an early adopter. I jumped on it. I learned all the ins and outs. What's been cool is that... I tweet out to them. I'm always tweeting articles about them. I always make a point. And this is something I teach in my Twitter training is that I'm always tagging both the business and many times what I've been doing is copying in the founder, the guy behind Meerkat, because I want him to see that we're all like into this. We all like this app. And I want him to see that we're all paying attention and we're on board with it. And many times he has favorited those tweets a couple of times he responded to the tweets really really cool i really like that that's a awesome.
0: Lot. that's ben rubin right yes is, is ben rubin right? yeah yes i've seen an interview with him he's a very interesting guy and i really like the power i think that live streaming is going to bring over the next well now even now but just right. as people really get familiar with it and they start to figure out how to really use it it's going to be amazing what we can do with it
1: but you know what's interesting Ryan? here's what's really cool this is not something new. This type of technology has been around for quite some time. I've been using Ustream, you know, there was Livestream, Ustream mm-hmm. and Justin TV. Justin Those TV. were the three that emerged about five years ago because I've been live streaming from South by Southwest and other music conferences for about five years now. Now, I chose Ustream because out of the three, to me, Ustream was the winner and they ended up being the winner. But we had that capability all this time. It first was through our computers, but they very quickly made this available through our phones. And I used to play around with it and would go and live stream on Ustream with my phone. Hmm. It wasn't super great quality at the time. We're talking five years ago four or five years ago so I think it's all about timing so today you look at our iPhones and the quality is completely there so it's interesting to me to see that wow people are like embracing this like wow this is amazing new technology and it's like okay it is cool the newness is that is HD that's probably the only part of this that's really new but I love seeing people really getting on board with this and it's so easy to do. I think that's why it's so popular right now. You whip out your phone, you hit one button and you're live streaming. It's very cool.
0: Yeah. And you know, I've noticed, so in the short time that Periscope's been around, I've noticed that, and this is just my opinion clearly, but I've noticed that Meerkat seems to be right now for people who are more serious about a message that they want to get out, Whereas Periscope seems to be just anybody who wants to show anything that they're doing at any point in time, those are the people that get on it. You know, so for example, my son decided to Periscope himself eating potato chips. And he had, within seconds, he had almost 100 people viewing him. And by the time, wow. he, by the time he was done, he had like a thousand of those little heart things that had flown up and it just blew my mind, but it still shows the power of what live streaming can do.
1: Exactly. And I think we're going to find that more and more people are going to be more interested in tuning into this versus their TV. Mm-hmm. Like what I'll do is I'll like when I've got some free time, I'll go look at Meerkat, I'll go look at Periscope and I'll just scroll through and see who's talking and I'll just tap on one. Okay. It's like TV watching what they're doing. Okay, I'm bored. I'm gonna go to the next one. Yeah. It's a great way to connect with people and just see what's going on in the world. What are people doing? And I think you're so right. I think Periscope is more for fun and people using it for a good time, the little hearts or cutesy. Mm -hmm. I don't really take it real seriously. I've seen some people make some interesting points with it talking about, well, what if somebody's talking about something serious or what if there's a news report and it's something really bad, you know? people are doing hearts, like, would that be the right thing to do? And it's kind of weird and crossing a line. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see over the next several months, like, where do these two apps go? You know, Meerkat's been out for one month. Periscope today has been out for one whole week.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay, last one. If you were at a conference and you had an opportunity to have a lunch with one of two people and there were two doors and behind one door was Gary Vaynerchuk, And behind the other door was Amanda Palmer. Who would you go have lunch with? Oh, my
1: God. Why did you make such a hard one? When you first said Gary Vaynerchuk, I'm like, oh, Gary V, hands down. But then you threw in Amanda Palmer. (laughs) Oh, wow. Can I have both? (laughs) Please? I guess
0: if we know how Um, to cut a hole between the wall.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I'll have to say Gary Vaynerchuk. I am such a huge fan of his. And here's why is Him and I are so much alike. I get him. If we were buddies, he would so get me because, and I'm proud to say that, He does follow me. You know, he doesn't follow back too many people. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Amanda Palmer. These people, they have millions of followers. They don't follow back too many people on the flip side, yet I am being followed back by both of them. And so it's quite an honor. But Gary Vaynerchuk, here's what I love about him. Super early adopter to new technology, a fantastic speaker, a great entrepreneur. He does everything right. Him and I are so much alike because he and I are the kind of people that will be up at three o'clock in the morning trying to figure out how to make Snapchat work for business. We don't sleep. We are the ones that are always learning and being ahead of the curve and, you know, playing with Meerkat and figuring out how Meerkat will best work for our clients. You know, I love that about him. I love that he and I are the type of people where, you know, we give up having a night out with friends to just be working on that new thing that's going on in technology. And I don't mean like all the time, like I do have a life. But I just, (laughs) I read stuff about him and we're so much alike with that, that we're very passionate about learning and then taking what we learn and teach it to others. I think that's really cool. But Amanda Palmer is a very cool person too. Her TED Talk is absolutely my favorite
0: yeah, All time TED Talk, really good. I actually learned about her through your GG chat, and I went and I checked out her TED Talk, and wow, she's an amazing speaker as well.
1: She really is, and her book is fantastic. I bought the ebook, didn't have time to sit down and read it, so then I then bought the audio book. So I bought it twice. The audio book is like I think seven hours, or I don't know, it's crazy. It's is really long, but. What I did is every time I was in the car when I bought that book, I listened to it, and it took a while to get through it, but she narrates it herself, and it is amazing. So I highly recommend people go and get the audiobook and listen to it. Even though she's a musician, a lot of entrepreneurial nuggets in there that yeah. you can take away.
0: So the Brand New You show actually has two meetings. One is with the brand and the title. The first one is personal branding. And then the second one is, is that I want to be able to provide advice and tips and, you know, even down to tactics to people to help them learn and understand how they can create a brand new version of themselves. Because as Dory Clark says, you know, we all go through a reinvention process at some point in our lives where we change or we pivot just like an entrepreneur would do with a business. And we want to go into a different direction. And so creating that brand new version of yourself can sometimes require you acquiring new skills and new talents. And I think one of the best ways that people can begin that process of creating a brand new you is by attending conferences. And when you were on Jen's show, you guys were talking about attending to conferences and how to get the most out of them. It was just a fantastic discussion, which is what kind of led to you and I being here today. And so my first question about conferences is, do you think that people should have a plan before they actually go to a conference?
1: Absolutely. I think you get the most out of a conference when ahead of time you go on the website, you go and see who's speaking, you know, what are the different panels and workshops, Many times, conferences will even post a list of the attendees so you can see who all is going and start making a list of who you want to see, who you want to connect with. It's really important to do that so that way you get the most out of the conference.
0: Yeah, I've noticed, too, there's apps, and I can't remember the name of the one, schedule something. But like certain conferences will actually have an app that's associated with the conference. So when you go through, you can, you know, digitally choose the sessions you want to go to. And when you do that, it automatically tags everybody else that's going to sit through that session. And so you not only get a list of who all is speaking, but you get a list specifically of the people who've said they want to attend that specific session too, which I think is pretty cool.
1: That is really cool. It's so great using, I think Twitter is the best way to connect with people at a conference there have been times where i've been at a conference during a panel and those of us that are tweeting during the live panel are connecting with each other and there have been times where hey where are you in this you know like in a big room like hey where are you oh i'm on the fourth row in the center let's talk after this and connect with people like in the middle of a panel or a workshop which is great. I mean, I think, and it is nice seeing that there's software out there now trying to connect people at a conference because that's what we're going there to do is to make connections, develop relationships, and Twitter is a great way to do that while you're at the conference.
0: Yep, I agree. I was, in my younger days, I viewed conferences as I was an attendee. I go, I sit, and I listen. And, you know, I think back to, wow, there were a lot of opportunities that I missed back then to meet people and network with people. And to me, that is where the power of going to any conference comes from is it's not so much what you learn while you're there from the sessions. It's a whole lot more who you meet.
1: Exactly. And I was unable to make it to the South by Southwest Interactive recently. But what I did and what I typically do when I'm not able to go to a specific conference is I follow along on the hashtag. I just see what's the official hashtag and I make a point to go and follow it. And many times I'll have people there that I know so I can see what they're doing, who are they talking about, what's going on. And For South by Southwest Interactive, one of my good friends, Brian Fanzo, I don't know if you know him, he's been going to just about every conference, and so I follow along with him, and he was doing Meerkat the entire time, and what was great is that not only can I follow along on a hashtag and feel like I'm there through the tweets, now with Meerkat and also with Periscope, people can bring these speakers right to us. Mm-hmm. And so Brian was doing the live meerkat when Gary Vanderchuk was speaking, when he was on a panel himself, then I believe it was yesterday, he was at a conference in Arizona the big one for infusion soft I'm blanking on what yeah. that hashtag was in, but in Con he,
0: 15 I think
1: right that's it and he was on the front row while John Lee Dumas was speaking from entrepreneur on fire cool. and it was awesome because that's another one that I was unable to attend but what Brian did through Meerkat and Twitter is he gave us a front row seat. I caught the tail end of it and got to watch John Lee Dumas from the front row speak for 20 minutes. It was amazing.
0: That is pretty cool. And Brian wears his hat backwards and his yeah. Twitter tag is Social. Is that right?
1: Yeah, his Twitter handle is iSocialFans FANZ because his last name is Fanzo. And yeah, his tagline which I really like and it's on his hat is talk fast and tweet faster.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> I remember seeing him. I watched a lot of his meerkat sessions from Southwest as well.
1: Yeah. And he is really smart with the way he's at a conference. I mean, he obviously sits down and plans out who he's going to go see, which panels and workshops he's going to attend. And it's really the best way to do this. You meet so many people by having a plan.
0: Yeah. Now, while you're going to the conference, obviously we're going to take our cell phone, but what other items do you recommend that people would actually take with them to a conference?
1: Pen and paper, I think people forget that. Like, really, really important to have pen and paper because when you're at a workshop or panel, you want to be able to easily take notes. And I know you can do it on your phone, sure. And maybe that's what more people do is, like, they prefer to just bring their laptop or tablet and type it in. I'm kind of old school, so I always make sure I have paper and pen. And also, it's good to have a pen on you at all times because when I'm meeting people and I always ask for a business card, After they walk away, I like to get a pen and jot down on the back of the business card what exactly we talked about while it's still fresh in my mind so that way I don't forget when I do my follow-up later, especially if we talked about something specific that involves a sale, like they're interested in joining Go Girls or they want to learn more about my Twitter course. I want to make sure that I do not forget, because at a conference I meet so many people, I want to make sure I don't forget these very specific conversations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's one thing I'll add to your list. I personally take a lot of chapstick because my lips get really dry (laughs) talking to people.
1: (laughs) That's a good one. And lots of water. You know, it's really important to always have water on you and stay hydrated. It's easy to go to these events. You're typically inside somewhere all closed up, like in a hotel and It's easy to get so caught up in all of this and not take care of yourself. So it's really important to stay hydrated and get some bottled water. When I'm at a conference, I always carry a backpack with me. I always make sure paper and pen Mm -hmm. and water are on me. And also, when we're at these events, it's so easy to use up all the battery on your phone. So I also recommend either buying like, you know, there's those different types of battery packs you can buy for your phone, getting something like that, and be sure that you have your charger. Always, always have your charger on you at a conference because so many times you'll be in the middle of doing a Meerkat or tweeting, and then all of a sudden your battery goes, and then you can't, do anything the rest of the day. You're screwed, right? right? So it's always important to have your charger and even smarter too. This is something I rarely see somebody do, but if you have a backpack on you, bring a power strip because I was at this very techy conference a few years ago and somebody was really smart and what they did is they put a bunch of those at the back of the room where all the outlets were so that way you run out a battery you could run over there and a whole bunch of people could be charging their phones at once and it kind of became this way of like sponsoring like be like the power sponsor at wow. a conference by providing these the cords to right. let people come in and that's Charge smart.
0: up. It's smart because it's another way to meet additional people because you know somebody's going to come up and ask if they can use your outlets. It sounds to me too, like you still believe that the good old-fashioned paper business cards are still a valuable thing to take with you to conferences. What are your thoughts on people who try to pass out like digital business cards via their phones? you know where like on uh, Samsung phones or Android phones, you can go up and tap phones and exchange information. What do you think about those versus the traditional paper card?
1: Okay. I love the whole digital business card thing. I think it's great. It's just not mainstream yet. It's not something that has really caught on with everybody yet. I think over time it will. But I do like that. I mean, I think there's some really cool things. But you know, that whole bump thing has been around for years. I remember being at a conference like I don't know, four or five years ago and doing that like, hey, did you see that new thing? We can bump our phones and it just instantly connects us and only the techie people knew about it and we're doing it. I feel like it's still just a techie thing so I think paper business cards are still the standard. I think it's important to have it. I do want to mention I came across, I think, one of the coolest business cards ever just recently where the front is just your typical, you know, your information, your phone number, your email and all that but on the backside now this is a business coach a professional and personal business coach and here's what she put on the backside and i thought this was really brilliant she put download your complimentary copy of and then her i guess it's an ebook you know before you hire a life coach 12 things you need to know before you say yes and then she has her dot com and i thought this was really Smart. cool yes because when you meet people it's kind of like when you're online. When you're online, somebody goes to your website. What do you want them to do? You want them to join your mailing list, but you got to give them something for that email address. You give them an ebook or some kind of PDF how-to. You give them something, right? So she's doing this on a business card, I think is really, really smart. So that's something that I'm going to do with my next round of business cards when I order them. I'm going to do something like that on the backside, like give people easy access to go download something cool.
0: Yeah, that is very smart. And I will be doing the exact same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I think one of the things, the advantages to business cards is that when you leave a conference, you have them in front of you. What do you think is like proper etiquette for follow-up after a conference? Or do people even, are you supposed to follow up after a conference?
1: Absolutely follow up. I think follow up is one of the most important things to do after a conference yet is done the least. And I don't know why that is. I'm always fascinated with the psychology of things and I don't know what it is that keeps people from doing the follow-up. I've been to so many conferences. I meet so many people, yet afterwards, such a small percentage will reach out to me. So what I always recommend for the follow-up is after the conference, like maybe at least wait a few days, like give people the chance to get back home and back to work mode, but definitely before a week has passed you want to do some kind of follow-up I prefer email I think email is the best way to do it although today a lot of times people do the Twitter and Facebook and everything and I feel that the email follow-up is necessary because it's easy for us to do the tweet you know you meet somebody hey what's your Twitter handle and then you do a tweet hey I got to meet so-and-so thank you this is great blah 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 over and done, you're already forgotten. Mm -hmm. By the time you get home from that conference, you are so forgotten by those people. If you think that doing that tweet was enough, you're wrong. So I always tell people, do an email follow-up, give them a little bit of time to get back and get settled, but before a week is out, do that follow-up. And I always find that what works best is when you're meeting somebody at a conference, ask to get your picture taken with them. Everybody loves to get a picture taken, you know, they're honored. I mean, if I met you at a conference, say, hey, can I get a picture with you? I would love to, you know, show this off and post it all over social media. You're going to say, sure, sure, Madeline, of course. Also, what I want to do is I want to use that in my follow-up because that's how you'll be memorable, especially for a Gary Vaynerchuk or an Amanda Palmer, somebody who is a big deal that they meet hundreds of people at every conference. You certainly are not going to stand out to them when they've met a thousand other people just like you in one weekend. So by doing the picture with them, when you do that follow-up by email and you say, hey, it was so nice to meet you and I would love to, you know, work with you or whatever it is you want to put in your follow-up, attach that photo so when they see that, they'll remember, oh, yeah, that was Ryan. What a cool guy. It brings it all back to them.
0: Speaking of bringing it all back, when was the last time you attended a conference? No, I'm not talking about a conference for work. I mean, when was the last time you attended a conference for yourself? Until 2013, the answer for me was, well, never. Never. Every conference I had ever attended previously was because my day job required it. Then in early 2013, I decided to attend the first conference for myself. Immediately afterwards, I started to realize the power of attending conferences. I met people at that first conference who inspired and motivated me. I realized I had just taken that first step towards changing the five people I hang out with the most. Since then, I've made a point to attend at least two conferences a year. Conferences have become an important part of my annual learning plan. In total, I'll attend three this year. One is already wrapped up, and the next two on my list are the Podcast Movement Conference at the end of July, 1st of August in Fort Worth, Texas. You may remember Jared Easley and I discussing this one on show 16. I also plan to attend the Financial Bloggers Conference, better known as FinCon, Just like the podcast movement, though, don't let the name fool you. Yes, there'll be sessions there about financial blogging, but more than anything else, if you're looking to change your perspective and expand your circle of five, you can't go wrong with attending FinCon. In fact, I would dare to say that FinCon has really changed my life. If you want to know how, check out the posts I wrote about my experience at RyanRoten.com forward slash FinCon. Now, if you're serious about becoming a brand new you, conferences should become a part of your annual learning plan as well. And speaking of plans, don't forget to check out my 100% free online brand assessment. Head on over to MyPersonalBrand.rocks. That's MyPersonalBrand.rocks. Take the assessment and get your online brand score today. The current average is 42. Find out how you compare. Thanks again, Madeline, for being on the show today. For those of you who would like to learn more about Madeline, check out her website at MadelineScalar.com or visit her at Twitter at MadelineScalar. You can even send her an email, MadelineScalar at gmail.com. As I close out the show this week, I want to thank you, the brand new you show listener. It's my privilege and pleasure to bring this show to you each week. Your comments and ratings and reviews on iTunes and emails Keep me motivated and inspired to bring you the best content I can find to help you become a brand new you. Next week on the show, we'll welcome back Madeline for a discussion that will leave you, well, all in a Twitter. So until next week, I've been Ryan, and I'm out.